Good morning, lovely guys and gals, and welcome back to the Bread of Life podcast. episode we're going to be discussing the Trisagion, Agios, and the prayers around the gospel. So starting off with Agios, the Trisagion, as it's called, or the thrice holy hymn. This hymn, the initial wording of this hymn is, Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal, have mercy on us. And in the Coptic Orthodox tradition, we believe that it's a very ancient hymn. Tradition in the Coptic rite tells us that this, this hymn was from the time of the burial of Christ when Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus were shrouding the body of Christ. They were embalming it and preparing it for burial. Angels came and they were chanting and they were praying this hymn to Christ. Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal, have mercy on us. That's the Coptic Orthodox tradition that's held around this hymn. Now, this hymn is a very ancient hymn, clearly from this uh, uh, story that dates all the way back to the, to the death of Christ. Very ancient hymn in the history of the church. Another feature which shows us this is an ancient hymn is that other Christian churches all across the world do have this hymn and they pray this hymn, uh, maybe not necessarily with the same tune or anything like that, but they do pray it in their services, in the Catholic rite and the Byzantine rite. All of these churches use these words in their prayers. Now the slight variation which is specific to the Coptic Orthodox Church or the Oriental Orthodox Churches is the Christological editions, as they call them, uh, specifically, who was crucified for us, have mercy on us. Now, this edition of the second paragraph or the second verse of uh, the Trisagion was a later edition in the Coptic Orthodox Rite. This was added in the time of St. Peter the Fuller, uh, who was an Antiochian patriarch. And the Antiochian church and the Coptic Orthodox church were sister churches, so there's a lot of similarities in between them. And this, this came around the time of the Christological controversy around Chalcedon the whole idea of non-Calcedonian, Chalcedonian, um, the whole division, the schism around the divinity and the humanity of Christ, without getting too theological and too dogmatic into the, um, the nitty-gritty of, these, uh, of the heresies and the misunderstandings and so on, just suffice it to say that this was an Oriental Orthodox edition, which wasn't accepted in the Eastern Orthodox Church. They strictly adopted the, the formulation or the idea um, that this is a hymn addressing God, the entire Godhead, Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal, have mercy on us. However, the Oriental understanding of this is that this is this is addressing God, the Godhead, but specifically the God-Man, specifically Christ, who who was incarnate, the incarnate Logos, the incarnate Word of God, and it's for that reason that the addition, who was crucified for us, have mercy on us, was accepted in the Oriental Orthodox Church because it's understood under that notion that this is a hymn which is addressing the entire person of God through the person of Christ. The other editions, such as who was born of the Virgin, have mercy on us, and who rose from the dead, and ascended into the heavens, have mercy on us, are later editions in the church. The most ancient and the most original edition, the Christological edition, is who is crucified for us, have mercy on us. And we also do have an, a fourth a variation of this, which is who was baptized in the Jordan, uh, specifically said, uh, obviously, around the Feast of the Epiphany and the- or the Theophany. However, in all of the rites, the understanding is that it's it's concluded with doxa or the, the glorification to the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, 
now and forever into the age of ages. Amen. And this hymn in other churches is usually the hymn which precedes the gospel. There's there's some type of understanding that this is a um, gospel response in a sense. Uh, this is always said around the gospel time. And in the Byzantine rite specifically, it's considered the little entrance uh, or the the the, the procession with the gospel book is called the entrance. And we're going to discuss that a little bit more into depth um, later on. But that's this is this is related to the whole thing. So at least in our right, well, let's continue there. Um, after the Josagio and the priest begins with the Greek formulations, uh, let us pray, stand up for prayer, peace be with all and with your spirit. And then he begins the prayer before the gospel, which is the litany of the gospel. And as we've mentioned before uh, in the previous episode, and we'll reiterate it again in this episode. The Synic Serum wasn't read at this point. Uh, the final place of it was read before the liturgy of the Gospel. Um, and historians and scholars such as Pope Gabriel V, the 88th Patriarch of Alexandria, writes that even up until his time, which is around the 15th century, 15th, 16th century, um, the Synic Serum wasn't read, and the Linnea of the Gospel was read after the Trisagion, after the Thrice Holy Hymn, uh, which was right after the Acts. Having said that, the prayer of the litany of the gospel goes as follows. O Master Lord Jesus Christ, our God, who said to his saintly and honored disciples and holy apostles, many prophets and righteous men, have desired to see the things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear the things which you hear and have not heard them. But as for you, blessed are your eyes, for they see and your ears, for they hear. That's the end of the quote which Christ says. And then this is our prayer. May we be worthy to hear and to act according to your holy gospels through the prayer of your saints. Then the deacon exhorts everybody to pray for the Holy Gospel. Again, as customary in the, in the Coptic rite, the congregation responds, saying, Lord, have mercy. After that, the priest continues with the prayer. Remember also our Master, all those who have asked us to remember them in their supplications and prayers, which we offer up unto you, O Lord our God. Those who have already fallen asleep, propose them. Those who are sick, heal them. For you are the life of us all, the salvation of us all, the hope of us all, the healing of us all, and the resurrection of us all. Then he continues inaudibly with the, um, another prayer, which is the conclusion of many prayers. And to you, we send up the glory, the honor, the worship, with the good Father and the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, who is one essence with you, now and at all times, and to the age of ages. Amen. Now, there's an entire discussion around the psalm and the psalm chant, and we're going to skip that for a little bit because um, it's quite long and it's going to take its own episode, so we'll speak about that next week. But there's a procession around the gospel, a procession uh, with the gospel book, which is around the sanctuary. This is called the little entrance in the Byzantine Rite, for example. But in our right, uh, it doesn't really have a name, but it's essentially the same thing. The priest processes around the altar, around the sanctuary, um, with uh, the deacon walking backwards. And he's saying, bow down before the Holy Gospel of Jesus Christ through the prayers of the psalmist David, the prophet, O Lord, grant us the forgiveness of our sins. This is as he's sensing the gospel book. And then him and the deacon end up holding the gospel book together. So the idea is that now he's reaching for the gospel book to hold it, and the deacon is also holding it. Uh, and he prays this prayer. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word from eyes have seen your salvation, which we have prepared for the face of all people, a light to bring relief to the Gentiles, and for the glory of people of Israel. One of the interesting things that I've come across in my studies around this specific part of the, the liturgy is that the priest and the deacon are holding the gospel book at the same time because the priest is praying in faith the, saint, the prayer of Simeon, the elder Simeon, the priest, which he's saying, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. So there's some kind of understanding that at that moment, as he's holding the gospel book, the deacon is also holding the gospel book in case he actually dies, in case he 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 
departs in peace as the prayers that he's saying, the deacon would at least be holding the gospel book and it would have fallen on the floor. It's a very like powerful rubric, a very powerful rite that's going on that we often don't give enough credit to. But this is what's going on. The priest is saying that since Christ is the word of God and the word of God is going to be expounded to us and be read and it's the word of God is in this book, it is this book. Um, now, because he has seen that, now he can depart in peace. And a lot of traditions mention uh, the wrapping of a, a white linen over the gospel book. Um, that's usually done after the gospel reading is done, before the veneration of the gospel, uh, with everybody around it. But at that point, anyways, the gospel book is being venerated, which is very important because we often take this as just like a random box, a golden box or a silver box or whatever, a wooden box, um, which has maybe the Bible in it or whatever. But in reality, this should be the book with which we're reading the gospel from. This is the the tangible, the word on paper that we that we have in front of us. Anyway, so as this is this is going on, there's actually it used to be a different prayer. It used to be a psalm that the priest prayed, but even as early on as uh, Pope Gabriel uh, as well, he there is mention of this prayer of Simeon the Elder, um, which is obviously preserved up until our right today. And then he goes to the other priests other serving priests and such, and he, he tells them, Blessed are for the seen, you for the hear. May we be worthy to hear intact according to the Holy Gospel, to so the prayers of your saints. Again, this is the prayer that we prayed in the lineage of the Gospel. This crucial prayer that's being prayed. The priest is praying it again, and he's going around the sanctuary to all of the serving priests that uh, uh, are with him. And then after this, the deacon says, Statite, or stand in the fear of God, let us hear the Holy Gospel. And then the priest continues and says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. Bless, O Lord, the reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. And then the response is, Glory to you, O Lord. Mostly just reading this because this is quite self-explanatory, but we're going to get into a little bit of the intricacies right now. So up until this point, everything makes sense. This is what we see basically going on every liturgy. Now, at this point, usually the reader reads the gospel in the language of interpretation, which is usually English or Arabic. But the, the proper right and Coptic readers label does the Coptic gospel. That's not, it's not nothing to do with the Coptic gospel. It's just um, the original place of the gospel. The prayer or the, the, the words are, Our Lord, God and Savior, King of Saul, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, to whom is glory forever. This is labeled under priest, but it's actually the reader. So after he says, to him is glory forever, then the gospel is read. And then, the reader continues with, Glory is due to our God unto the age of all ages, amen, which is the conclusion. As we've seen in all of the readings that we have, each reading has an introduction and a conclusion. So this is the conclusion. And then the response is, Glory to you, O Lord. However, what's, what commonly happens is that the priest begins and says, Pen choice, and then continues as if he's read the Coptic Gospel. And then the congregation responses in, uh, responds in, Glory to you, O Lord, which is completely random because there's nothing that's being read at the moment. Anyways, in Coptic Peter, at this point, the uh, the gospel and the psalm begins to be read. Uh, you might might have noticed how I didn't talk about the psalm up until this point, uh, and that there's a reason for that because the psalm has no place to be read after this entire processing around the altar with a little entrance in the gospel book. Uh, the psalm should be read before that, and we'll talk about that next week, God willing. However, the gospel is read, and then the response, "Glory be to God forever," is not. An authentic response at all. In fact, the, the translation in Coptic, or it's actually in Greek, is Luxasi Kyrie, 
and then the note in Coptic Reader is note of the correct translation is glory to you, O Lord. Which is again, if you've noticed, that was the response that should be prayed right after the quote unquote Coptic gospel, which is read, which is labeled as that in Coptic Reader. That's the conclusion there, because that was the only conclusion that was meant to be read. And then after the gospel is done, the priest begins a host of litanies. And this host of litanies are might not be familiar to us because we don't often hear them or anything, but they're very, very common. These are all of the litanies that are prayed during the Great Lent. Well, after the priest closes the closes the veil of the of the altar, and after the prophecies are done being read, then the priest begins and says, O you who are long suffering among them, mercy and true, receive our prayers and supplications, receive our petitions, and so on. And then he says, Remember this and that, and Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, bow your knees and so on like this whole this whole scene of uh after the prophecies in during great lent of praying these litanies these are the prayers that are being read after the gospel is read sometimes they're, they're actually prayed during the gospel so briefly as we mentioned after the gospel was read the litanies were prayed which today are found in the great fast prayer and these prayers are as we mentioned earlier O you who are long suffering said audibly, and then later on the three litanies came about as kind of a replacement to these things. So that's pretty much it for the gospel. One thing that I actually meant, forgot to mention at the beginning of the season when we're talking about the gospel is that, talking about the lectionary specifically, is that the fifth Sunday of every Coptic month, if there is a fifth Sunday, because not often, um, if there is a fifth Sunday, then the gospel that's read on Sunday is the gospel of the five loaves and two fish because as the understanding is that as as God blessed the fellows and two fish, and they made them, and He made them abundant. Likewise, He's also blessing uh, the month, and He's making an extra Sunday, an extra day of celebration of the resurrection. Mind you, that all of Sundays used to be, oftentimes used to be the only time that they would have a liturgy. So an extra liturgy in the month, which was an extra blessing. So the spirit or the understanding is that it's the gospel of the fellows and two fish. And that about does it for today's episode. I hope it was beneficial. Until next time, God willing. Christ is within us.